So dumb things smart people believe. Be kind of an interesting series. I hope you guys come back each week for it. Uh, first of all, it's kind of nice having a little bit of an unplugged feel. Uh, it allows us to do that. When we have baptism, it's a little bit better. Otherwise, you know, the bass player is in the baptismal as well as the you know, acoustic guy in the back. So um, anyway, it's kind of good to have that. And we just say this too. Uh, I should have mentioned this in the first service, but just want to uh, thank you all uh, as, as we give to what we're doing here. Um, our offerings have been great. Uh, so thank you very much for, for continuing to give during what is a still ongoing kind of crazy time in our country. But I uh, appreciate you all being faithful to that as, um, as we all give to see what God wants to do in and through our church. So uh, Chris, I didn't mention this, but Chris is one of the first of the 20 who came to Christ last year. Um, and so it's been really neat to, to see what God's doing that way. Um, a bunch of them have already been baptized, and a couple more, uh, three more will be baptized um, next week. So pretty excited. So we're, we're going to be dealing with some topics, some things that people believe that aren't necessarily true, and I just kind of give you, give you the answer to the true-false I was going to ask you, but we'll go through it, because uh, we've got to get paid by the word. Um, how many of you guys have ever had a situation where you've had to forgive somebody? Wow. So again, in our first service, I asked that question, three people. <laughs> so I just put the Bible, we just got done and we sat around talking. I didn't need to teach anybody anything because, you know, they had it all figured out. Uh, yeah, I mean, all of us and them too, they would have admitted. Yeah, we've all had things done to us that uh, we need to forgive somebody for. But forgiving is not easy, right? <laughs> um, forgiving, sometimes I think one of the reasons why people have a hard time forgiving, and rightfully so, is just the, the intensity of what was done to them, the severity of it just caused them to, it's hard to forgive somebody for what they've done. Sometimes it's, we feel like, well, if we don't forgive, I'm maybe keeping them at arm's length. That way I'll protect myself. Or um, you know, sometimes we think, well, I keep remembering it. I keep, it keeps coming up in my mind. It must not be that I can forgive because I can't forget. So true or false question, uh, this doesn't count towards the final exam. Um, that's something God's going to ask you when you get to heaven. Uh, but it, it, you're auditing the class, so there might be a lollipop for whoever gets this right. Probably not. So true or false, forgetting, forgiving means forgetting. Answer is false. That's right. Forgiving doesn't necessarily mean forgetting. There was um, one of the pastors, I think it was Zach, Pastor Zach was saying, See if I get it what he says right. Forgiving doesn't mean forgetting, but you won't forget unless you forgive. And if you don't forgive, you won't forget. Something like that. But that was pretty, he just got his doctorate. So he's, he's so much more smarter than all of us. And it's like, Zach, can I have your notes for today? Um, no, I didn't. No, it's false. And it's false because. God is our example, right? When we place our faith in Christ, God forgave us of our sins, past, present, and future. And so, but God is all-knowing. He, he knows everything. He can't forget anything. We don't want God to forget, right? Because then 
then he's not God. So he forgives, but he doesn't really forget. And so then I was thinking about that, and I'm like, wait, there is a verse somewhere in my recesses of my mind. There was a verse where he says, I remember your sin no more. So I looked it up, and it's found in Jeremiah, back in the Old Testament. He says, they will, teach, uh, they will not teach again, each man his neighbor, and each man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they will all know me. And he's talking about in the, um, the millennial kingdom, the day when Christ comes to earth and reigns on his earth. There's not going to be anybody need to tell anybody who Jesus is, because he's going to be here. Um, From the least of them to the greatest of them, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and their sin, I will remember no more. So I, I guess maybe I'm wrong. But this is why it's important to study words. Because the Hebrew word for remember means to mention. And so what he's saying is, I, I'm not going to mention it anymore. Not that I've forgotten it. I'm not going to remember it. It says, I'm not going to keep bringing it up on you. you. You ask for forgiveness, I've forgiven you, and I'm not going to use it against you, which is the definition of forgiveness. So forgiveness is to release a person of what is owed. So you forgive a debt of some sort, financial debt. You, that's, you, they owe you money, but you forgive it. It's the same thing. You've done something against me. There's a, there's a, a debt there, and we release them of it. It's to choose to not hold an offense against someone. It's to not keep mentioning it or bringing it up against a person. Now, I just want to stop there real quick um, in mentioning that. If, if we're bringing it up to try to solve the issue is one thing, but if we're bringing it up as a defensive mechanism, as a, well, I don't have to do anything because you did this, and we use it as a, as a weapon, that's what that's talking about. Okay, we're going to bring it up and we're going to try to work through things. Well, yeah, you need to talk about those things. But notice the definition here, it's, it's not saying you, that it's reconciliation. Forgiving doesn't mean you've reconciled. Forgiving is a step towards reconciliation that hopefully, Lord willing, one day there will be reconciliation. It's not um, condoning or approving what the person does. To say, uh, you know, I'm... I forgive you, is not to say what you did was okay, please do it again. It's not, um, basically what you're doing is you're, you're opening up the door, keeping the pathway open um, for reconciliation to happen. It's choosing to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to leave the door open, and I'm going to respond in such a way so that, um, that you can come talk to me. See, unforgiveness, what that does is it puts up a, a block puts up a gate, puts up something that's going to keep them from doing that. So we release the offense. And it's also not trusting the person. And I think that's an important aspect. Forgiving somebody is not trusting them. Trusting is something, trusting, uh, is something that's built up, that's developed. So when, when we sin against somebody else, that trust level in that person goes down. The offended party doesn't quite trust the one who has offended them. Um, and so the one who is offended has to do some things to, to bring that trust back, which basically is stop doing what you've been doing. It's probably the best way to start getting that trust back. And so it's, it's not any of that. The, the truth is, when it comes to this whole thing, is remembering the offense doesn't mean we haven't forgiven. 
Remembering, remembering the offense is just that. You remember the offense. doesn't mean you haven't forgiven. What you do when you remember it will show whether you're forgiving or not. It's, it's kind of like in my situation, and again, I'm not going to do this. Um, it, it would just be too painful. But if I took my shirt off, uh, I've got scars from surgeries. And so when I see those scars, I remember what happened. I remember the pain that was inflicted on my body in order to correct whatever the issue was. But I don't look at them and, and dredge up all the stuff that went with that. It's, oh, that was healed up. That was fixed. And so we, we might remember, and that's fine. It, remembering the hurt becomes an opportunity for worship. In other words, has an opportunity for us to pray, to, to thank God for Him forgiving our sins, because we've all sinned, right? And we've probably maybe even sinned against the person who we're having struggle forgiving. Uh, if we're not forgiving, we're actually sinning against them. But anyways, we'll get to that. Um, so we're praying, and, and we're thanking God for the fact that He's forgiven our sins, and we're thanking Him for the situation that we're in, and it allows us to understand what forgiveness means, and know who he is through the experience and for the person who's allowing that to, to happen in our lives, which is kind of a weird way of looking at it, but it's, God says we're supposed to be praying with thanksgiving, right? And so we need to be praying for our heart and for their heart and, and for reconciliation to hopefully happen, that we'd respond the way we need to respond, that they would respond. We're praying. Anytime it pops into our mind, we're just praying about it. And that's worship, right? And so doing life God's way is worship. It's not just what we do here on Sunday mornings. It's everything we do in our lives is, is worship. And so we continue to pray about it and to continue to leave our heart open to that. that good? Everybody understand that? Makes sense? All right. Well, we're done. Let's uh, get... Oh, no. Oh, you want more? No, I mean, we, that was the question we were dealing with today, right? So forgiving is not forgetting. We get that. I get paid by the word, like I said, so we got a lot more to cover. No, we don't. Not a whole lot, but there is something, though, that I want to cover as it pertains to forgiving. Um, because if you guys are like me, and I'm like you, and we are, um, none of us like living with unforgiveness, right? We don't like, I know I don't, I don't like the anxiety that comes with that and the, the gross feelings that come with that and the, the thoughts that come with that and the, just the you know, irritation and frustration, laying in bed and waking up in the middle of the night and then you start thinking about the person and then you start thinking about what you're going to say to the person when they say this to me and I'm going to say this to them and I'm going to shoot them down with that. You know, I'm locking and loading. I, I'm, I, I just hate that. I've done it. I've lived it. I, I hate it. I think we're all in that situation. In fact, um, Warren Wiersbe in his book, uh, Be Loyal, he says, the worst prison in the world is a prison of an unforgiving heart. Unforgiving people live to find ways to punish those who have hurt them, but in the end, they only hurt themselves. And I read that, and I was like, man, that is so, so true. Erwin Lutzer wrote a book, uh, When You've Been Wrong, which I encourage you if, you, if you haven't put that in your library, to order that book. It's awesome. Very practical, very simple. Um, this guy is incredibly smart, but he puts things nice and simple, which I appreciate. He says this, forgiveness is both an act... And a process. So forgiveness just, it's just something we've got to continue to work on. We choose to forgive, and when the bitterness returns, we forgive again. 
At all costs, we must forgive or we are the losers. Bitterness, someone has said, is like swallowing poison expecting your enemy to die. If you are bitter, you will die a slow death which will make your enemy happy. Forgiveness is an act of self-healing. When we forgive, we do ourselves a favor. And so it's important for us to understand what it means to be able to forgive well. And that's what I want to deal with this morning. I want to look at three things. It comes out of Romans chapter 12, uh, verses 9 to 21. So you can turn there. It's page uh, 11. I think I put it up on the screen. Yeah, 1136. Um, and if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Romans 12, verse 9. And we're going to look at three things. That if we want to be people who forgive well, if we want to do what God calls us to do and be able to forgive people. Now remember, forgiving is not forgetting. Forgiving is just an act of worship that we do where we leave the door open praying that they will one day come and, and seek forgiveness. And if, or if we even go to them and ask, hey, listen, I've, you've hurt me, that there would be a good conversation that comes from that where reconciliation happens. But if it doesn't, we still need to be learning how to forgive well. So, let me maneuver out of here. And let's read through these verses 9 through 21. And see what we have, because we're going to, I didn't put those up, I'm sorry, I'm messing Sherry up. So we're going to look at three things. First, determined to be real, I'll explain what that means. Determined to love, and then determined to let God work. So if we want to be able to forgive well, we need to be determining our, to do these things. We need to be focused in saying these three things, there's other things, but we're going to take it simple and do three things that these verses God has for us. So let's go ahead and read them real quick. It says this. Now again, this is, this is some general stuff that God is saying, Paul, write this to the church so that the Christians know how to operate in general terms. But again, all this deals with people doing things wrong to other people and us having to eventually forgive. So it says this. Let love be, be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor not lagging behind in diligence, in diligence further, uh, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is what right in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own vengeance, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him, and if he is thirsty, give him a drink, for in doing so you will heap burning coals on his head. That's what we're looking for, right? <laughs> yes. Mm. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Well, what about burning their heads with coals? Well, we'll explain what that is later on. So, the first thing we want to look at is determined to be real. What, what do I mean by that? What's this? Thank you for the question. It was a very good one. Here's the answer. Uh, as Christians, we have placed our faith in Christ, right? 
And God has forgiven us of our sins, past, present, or future. So, as Christians then, we should be the first ones who will offer forgiveness to others. So to be real means to be without hypocrisy. To love those who have offended us without hypocrisy. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't receive God's forgiveness for your sin and then not turn and forgive others of their sin. Because if as Christians we do that, we are being hypocritical. We're doing that which is not what Christ would have done. Well, how do we know what Christ would have done? Matthew 5, you have heard it said, it was said, just as Jesus talking, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That's the response that Christians are supposed to have for those who have sinned against them. So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. So, in other words, you want to show that you're a son of God? You want to show yourself that you're a child of God? This is how you operate. And to do something other than that is operating correctly. A few verses later into chapter 6, he says, For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. So, again, kind of circular thought here. If someone sins against me and I don't forgive them, then I'm disobeying God and he can't forgive that. And it's not just that, but it's transgressions. Now again, not talking about salvation here, he's talking about the fellowship aspect of things. If we're unwilling to forgive someone else, if we're unwilling to allow to keep that door open for them to come to us, that fellowship with God is going to be messed up. And we're going to have a difficult time being taught by God and to sense that intimacy with God. See, what he says, moving on, he says, to abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. Abhor means to hate evil. Both the sin of the person who has sinned against you, but also of our own sin of unforgiveness. If we're hypocritical, we're going to be angry at their sin, but self-righteous in our sin. And that doesn't work. To be true followers of Christ is to hate the sin that happened to us, but to hate our own sin of unforgiveness and, and to not want to respond in unforgiveness, to seek whatever it's going to be in order to bring about forgiveness in our heart. He says, cling to what is good. He says, be, be glued to good. And so whatever God's way of doing it, that's what I want to be glued to, right? Gorilla glue, wet both sides of the wood, stick it together. And it never comes apart unless it's a front porch that I'm working on and it seems all the joints come apart. Like, wait, what happened to the gorilla part of this glue? But for us, it's not to come apart. We're supposed to be glued to good. In other words, we are to be determined to respond God's way. So we hate the sin, both what they've done and what we're currently struggling with if we're, un, if we're not working towards being forgiving. So we hate the sin, but we love the sinner. That's what that's saying. That's what, I mean, we've all heard that phrase before, right? Well, hate the sinner, or hate the sin. There we go. These, these little quick sayings don't really work really quickly in my head. They're, i got to think through them. Uh, so you hate the sin, and you love the sinner. And so in our lives, we need to hate the sin 
of unforgiveness and do what's necessary to move forward. So, we want to determine to be real. We want to do life God's way. We want to be followers of Christ that we claim to be. And then we want to determine to love. Well, the verses 10 through 16 talks about. And here's the first thing about this. Love is costly. So love is costly. Look at, look at the words that he uses here. Be devoted. Give preference. Not lagging behind in diligence. Fervent. Serving. Persevering in tribulation. Devoted to prayer. Contributing to the needs of the saints. Practicing hospitality. Love is costly. Jesus' love on the cross was costly. It's going to cost us to keep a heart of forgiveness open so that somebody who's hurt us can then, Lord willing, reconcile and, and do it. But it's going to cost us. It's going to, it's going to cost us being devoted to them, and even though they've hurt us. It's going to cost us giving them preference. Those two words, brotherly love and, and honor, uh, it's not agape love. It's, uh, these are kind of familial, family type of references. And so, um, we still need to, to be friendly with the person. We still need to be able to interact with them civilly. Again, there's trust. You've got to put parameters you know, basically around you if there's that type of situation going on. But you still need to respond to them graciously. And so the first one is kind of a brother-sister, brother-brother, sister, you know, that kind of relationship. And the other one's kind of a mother-father-child type, the honor one. But it's not lagging behind, man. You're, you are diligent to do it. Not because you want to do it, because God wants you to do it. And, and so you want to do life His way. Because see, our way doesn't work, right? Every time we try to do this, we just mess it up and we end up laying there at night thinking about how we're going to lock and load on people. We're serving the Lord. We're, not, we're serving them, but as we're doing that, we're serving the Lord. We persevere in it. We're devoted to prayer. We're praying all the time. Lord, just bless them and encourage them and give them a change their heart, change my heart. Contributing to their needs. We'll talk about that towards the end. Practicing hospitality. It means just making so that when they come into your presence, it's you know hospitality, right? So when they come into your presence, they, they feel welcomed. It's rough. It's costly. Secondly, love is it, it does what's best. Look at look at this stuff. What's best? Best is to bless those who persecute us. Blessing them is rejoicing with those who rejoice, weeping with those who weep. What does that look like? I don't know. I, I was just kind of thinking through it, and I could be wrong, but if a person who's hurt you and that you're working on trying to have this heart of, of forgiveness for them, and something good happens in their life, whether you feel comfortable to be able to be in their presence or not, you send them a note, text, email, hey, I heard this happened to you. Man, it's really cool. You know, happy for you. Glad this happened. Or if something bad happened to you, hey, just want to let you know, praying for you, you know, so sorry to hear whatever it was that happened, and, you know, if you need anything, let me know. That, that's... That not being haughty in mind, that's, that's basically thinking that I don't think more highly of myself than I should. That, that they're 
uh, I'm not any better than they are. We're all sinners. We've all messed up. And so, yeah, they've sinned, I've sinned, and I've probably sinned against them too. I mean, it's just, we, we're a sin mess, right? We constantly respond incorrectly. It can't be haughty, can't be wise in my own estimation. I can't be thinking, well, let's see, I know better than God how I need to respond to this, and so I'm going to do this, 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 and this. And when we do that, we mess that up, right? So we can't be wise in our own estimation. We need to be wise in what God's Word says. It does what's best for the other person Again, always having this desire that there would be some sort of reconciliation to take place. It may never happen. But we need to constantly have that openness through forgiveness. The last thing is that we forgive well when we determine to let God work. Uh, the other way I was going to put it is get out of the way. <laughs> you know, we need to just get out of God's way. Quit messing things up, right? So he says, never pay back evil for, for, to anyone. So we don't, we don't respond in like kind back to them. When they offend us, we don't lock and load back. We respect what is right in the sight of all men. In other words, we, you know, how, do, how do we want them to treat us? If the roles were reversed, what would we want? How would we want them to treat us? That's, that's kind of what that's saying. If possible, I love this part of the verse, if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. What's that saying? We can only be responsible for how we respond. I can't be responsible for how somebody else responds to me. I can only be responsible for how I respond to them. And that's all God asks of me. And so, from my point of view, from where I'm at, all I can do is respond the way God tells me to respond, to respond in peace, not locking and loading, but responding in peace, being gracious, trying to keep the peace. Uh, if they don't want it, then they don't have it, but I'm going to have peace in my life by doing life God's way. So if at all possible, be at peace with everyone. Never take your own revenge. God says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. Nobody can change a person's heart except God. Now, He may use us. That's why I say, you know, maybe we should get out of the way. If we're going to mess things up, let God operate. But God's going to be the one. If that person is truly wrong, God will be working in their life. You may not even know it, but God's going to be working in their life. He's going to be doing some things in his life or her life. Our responsibility is to let Him use us to respond the way Christ would respond in that situation. And keep the door open for them to come to us and make things right if possible. Again, it may never happen, but we can't be responsible for that. We can only be responsible for what God calls us to do. Let God do the disciplining in that relationship. I'm going to have the guys come back up and close us out. And as they do, let me just give you just a real quick... Um, takeaway here this morning, and it'll answer the whole coal question that you guys are thinking, man, I would have dumped some coals on some people's heads. Um, but hurting people hurt people. Now, we're all hurting people. None of us is fully healed yet. We're not in heaven. Hurting people hurt people. And we need to understand that. But 
Paul goes on to say at the end, he says, but if your enemy is hungry, so now again, this is coming off the whole let God operate, right? So let God deal, what do we need to do? But if your enemy is hungry, feed him, and if he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So what's he saying there? Hurting people hurt people. The person who in your life or people in your life or whatever, um, they're hurting. There's a need there. Oftentimes, the person who's hurting other people, it's not even the person who's been hurt's fault. It's something that's happening else in their life that they're just responding that way. So our responsibility as Christians is to go, okay, what's, what's their need? God, give me understanding. Give me discernment. What is their need and how can I meet that need? How can I help them in this area? And maybe it is us. Maybe we really did mess up, and so then what we need to do is meet the need and say, hey, listen, I'm sorry. I messed up. Would you please forgive me? The, the heaping coals, back in the first century, they didn't have you know, gas and electric, right? So in their stoves, they had coals. That's how they cooked, and they needed to keep that going all day long. They didn't want to get, have that go out. Every once in a while, it would go out. And so what a Christian should be doing, what he's saying here, is if this person has offended this person, this Christian, the Christian then should take the coals out of their stove and shove them into the other person's stove. Kill them with kindness, is how we would say it today. Just give them all the coals they possibly could need to get their stove up and running again so they can eat, meet their need. As Christians, that's what we're supposed to be doing. To those that have hurt us. Why? Because Jesus died for us when we were sinners, when we were his enemies. He loved us that much. And in doing that, reconcile a relationship with God that now allows us then to show others who Christ is and what God wants to do in their life. If they're already Christians, draw them closer to Christ. If they're not, draw them to Christ for salvation. What an awesome thing that would be for how we respond. And again, forgiveness keeping the door open, responding the way God wants us to respond in such a way that would draw them to Him. Guys?